All attention on me. Is anybody with me? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hey, man, I want you to get the full experience of, of the show. So please subscribe if you can. But here's where we'll start. So the Tokyo Olympics are going on right now. In in the middle, of, for people, what people forget, of a roaring a pandemic that's going on in Tokyo right now uh, due to coronavirus pretty much spiked up there or over there. And like I said, the Olympics are going on. Uh, Team USA men's, they just lost to France um, and I, they won last night. Uh, the women handled their business and, and, and beat Nigeria. Uh, Luca's going crazy, <laughs> driving 48. Uh, what? The three-on-three women basketball team, they just lost. Uh, softball just lost. But the main focus, what we're going to talk about right now, is Simone Biles. So Simone Biles is arguably the greatest Olympian ever, one of the probably the greatest gymnast uh, ever. And she pulled out the Olympics uh, due to mental health reasons. And as a result of that, like I said, the, the women, which shouts out to them, they finished with silver. Here's the thing, man, and, and and this is I I I really love this. I don't love the fact that she was dealing with mental health issues. No, I love the fact that ment- the mental health aspect of sports or life in general is being is being talked about or being put in the forefront. You know, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people think because you have a lot of money or because you're in the spotlight, mental health doesn't really matter because you're making money. Um. And that's not the case at all. You're seeing people like DeMar DeRozan talk about it more. Uh, Kevin Love, uh, Naomi Osaka. Mental health is so important. Mental health is more important than money, in my opinion. Because, I mean, you can get money anywhere out here. It's like mental health, that's that's what you got. And I hope Simone Biles, I don't know if she's going to compete in the individual. I don't know. But I hope that she's able to address what needs to be addressed with her mental health it's tough man it's and, and, and we saw this in the bubble you know paul george talked even though a lot of people like to clown paul george but paul george talked about it it's tough one going from freedom to then being forced to be confined in a bubble and hell Let's 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 speak on a on a broader term. You see how hard it is for a lot of people, or how hard it was for a lot of people that had to to quarantine themselves in their house for weeks upon weeks or, or months upon months. Like people went crazy. Hell, I'm more of an introvert. You know, I, I like being in the house, but it was even tough for me having to be forced to be in the house, not not being able to hoop. They took the rims down, not being able to to move freely as I wanted to. And this is somebody that I have no problem being in the house. So not only are you put in a bubble in another country, you're put in a bubble in another country and you're expected to be at the, at the tip top shape. Like you're expected to represent not only yourself, not only your team, but your country. You have the weight of the world or the weight of the United States on your country, which is why I I I I sympathize and I 
I can't imagine the the mental the mental anguish or the mental hurdles that people that represent Team USA or represent their country in general have to go through. Like, let's just speak on USA because I can't speak on the other countries, of course. Let's speak on basketball because you know I'm, I'm I know most most about basketball. Let's speak on basketball. It's tough. I I can't imagine now. I can't imagine always like <laughs> you're represented. They're looking at Team USA men's basketball right now, even though they're one on one. They're looking at them as a failure right now because it's like you're not supposed to lose. Go back to gymnastics. Simone Biles is probably the greatest olymp one of the greatest olympians if not the greatest olympian more than likely the greatest gymnast that we've ever seen and she's still like she's still a, a young so the fact that you have all that weight on you it's 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 tough and i i understand not only the mental hurdles you have to get over with that but now you're in a bubble and you have to worry about not getting covid and you have to worry about being at your best like it's tough I can, I couldn't imagine that, man. And I, I, it's, you know, and I do love the fact that even though she did uh, withdraw, she still showed up and supported her, her teammates. And of course they got the silver. Shouts out to Russia, I believe, for getting the gold, but they, you know, Team USA got silver. And I love the fact that even though she's struggling with something, she was, she still supported her teammates. Which a lot of people's not going to talk about, but it is what it is. You know, it, it, it's it's tough. I can't imagine, man, ha representing an entire country. Like that's what these people are doing. Like we're, you know, these people are, are representing the United States. And 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 a lot of these hell, there was I think the the skateboarder that won gold. She's like 13, 17 or thirteen or something like that. Like. I can't imagine that, man. I can't imagine. Shouts out to them. And again, shouts out to Simone Biles. I hope that she gets uh, the 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 attention and the help that she needs for her mental health, especially. And I don't care how, how much money she makes. I don't care how famous she is. Mental health is different for, of course, everyone. And some people deal deal with it easier than others. So I hope that she gets the help that she needs, man. And shouts out to everyone over there in Tokyo. Uh Hell, shouts out to the shouts out to everyone, you know, basketball, skateboarding, uh, gymnastics. Uh, it, it's it. The world has caught up, man. The world has caught up, and it's not just in basketball. Hell, you can if you even if you want to look at basketball, man. Luca just dropped forty eight on 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 Argentina. Like the world is catching up to us, so it's it's no longer the days that we can just go and just dominate. Now, of course, we still have some of the best players. Like we still have the best basketball team, in my opinion. We still have the best, uh, you know, gymnastics. Even the shots out to Russia, though. We still have the best volleyball. Like we still have the best, but the world is catching up. So if we we catching L's left and right, <laughs> J Japan just beat us in softball. Uh, the three on three women just lost. I don't remember who, but because they've been dominating, I think they're like six and one now, or seven and one, or something like that. Um, Team USA women's like they had a, a pretty close game ish to Nigeria, which actually has the Bumake sisters. Uh, well, two of the three Nabumake sisters. Um, 
Yeah, man, it's it's it, the world's catching up and no longer the days that we can just go and just dominate. So shouts out. And I hope I, I, I hope everyone over there in the Olympics are doing their thing and really addressing the mental health, because that's tough, especially for people that's not used to being in a bubble type situation, which nobody is actually being used to being in a bubble type situation outside of maybe people in jail. So um I, I I pray for Simone Biles and I pray that she gets the the attention and, and the, the, the the attention to her mental health that she needs. So moving forward. Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Rodgers uh reported to camp, man. But but it's bigger than that. So the Packers and Aaron Rodgers got to or came together and are structure restructuring his deal that allows him to leave after this year. Now, this is precedented. And I say it's precedented because if you look at some of the stipulations of this of this new deal, let me let me first say this. A lot of people say, okay, so Aaron Rodgers held out just to come back. Um to me, Aaron Rodgers this is exactly, I'm not going to say exactly what I want, but this is exactly what he what he was looking for now no of course he didn't want to he said he didn't want to come back and he's coming back i know i know but look at the stipulation this is the first time we've ever seen a contract like this in the nfl he's able to leave after this season which means 9.9 times out of 10 he's leaving after this season he doesn't lose any money because they're restructuring his deal. So all the money that he was projected to lose, he's not losing. He reported to camp this year, so he's not losing any money then. And there's also, there's he pretty much has the final say-so of where he goes in his contract. The contract pretty much says he's able to decide, like they can say, hey, we want to trade you to blank. He can say, no, I don't want to go there, or yes, I'm going to go there. Like he, at the end of the day, has pretty much complete control of his pre- present and future. We've this is unprecedented, man. This mean not only not only like again, we understand that Aaron Rodgers did not want to come back this year because of, you know, some some management uh situations and 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 drafting issues and and stuff like that, but the fact that now you restructure a deal that's pretty much solely centered around what you want which is something that the league definitely isn't really a champion for. That is huge. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers, man. Now, what does this mean for this year? For this year, it means you have Aaron Rodgers. It means the Green Bay Packers now, in my opinion, are Super Bowl contenders. Now, of course, with with uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back, we I talked about last last episode, but now um, – Devontae Adams is now open to renegotiate his deal. So it's like Green Bay still has a lot going on. Green Bay still has a lot of problems that isn't going to be isn't going to be addressed. In fact, Green Bay still has a lot of problems that they're about to face. As far as we don't know what this new deal with Devontae Adams is going to be like, more than likely Aaron Rodgers is gone after this year, so you better hope Jordan Love is good by next year. It's, you know, <laughs> while this the, Aaron Rodgers coming back in this new deal is pretty much a, a win-win for Aaron Rodgers, it 
definitely is a win-lose for Green Bay. Win because you get him for another year. I mean, he just won MVP last year. We're going to see if if Aaron Rodgers – I'm not – if. We're going to – you know, Aaron Rodgers still in, at the peak powers of his career, you know, of his career. So you still have a chance to win a, cha- win a Super Bowl. I mean, you have arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The lose comes in is after this year. After this year, you you pretty much losing. You're, you're pretty much losing Aaron Rodgers. You don't know if uh, Jordan Love is is ready. In fact, all the reports are saying he really isn't ready. And of course, you need to figure out with Devontae Adams. But no matter how good Devontae Adams is, if you don't have a quarterback to get Adams the ball, it's like ah, I don't know. Now again, a little later in the a little later. Close to the season, I'll do my you know top ten and my predictions and everything. But this definitely put fares better for Green Bay winning a championship this year than it did without Aaron Rodgers. Of course, I mean that's that's easy, of course. But you know, I it, it it's we definitely need to see. We definitely need to see what's going on. I now do I think that this makes them better than the Bucks? No. I think that they're going to have a tough time with the Rams, uh, of course, maybe Seattle, um, you know, teams like that. I think Washington's defense is is, is better than ever. Uh, shouts out for signing Jonathan Allen, uh, Allen to a four-year extension. Like, it, the NFC is definitely tough, definitely tough. And on top of all that, even if you do make it past the Bucks, are you better than the Chiefs? Are you better than the Bills? Are you better than the Ravens? You know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of there's it's tough, but I will say that Green Bay is better today with Aaron Rodgers than they will be in a year without him. So, hey, it's it's you know, it's cool, man. It's and I also said that this is a win-win for Aaron Rodgers because. A lot, all, a lot of most of the time you were hearing, you know, he can go to Miami, he can go to, uh, I don't know, I don't think he'd do Minnesota because I don't think he wants to do the same route that uh, that Brett Favre took. But he could go to Miami, he could go to, you know, any any team he really wanted that that wanted him, and that gives him a better chance to win outside of Green Bay. So, you know, I, I think I think it's gonna be. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, especially after next season, after this season. Um, and I, the a question I saw was how do his how should his teammates look at him? Should his teammates um, like look at him any differently? Look, bro, this is a business. This is a business. Sports, even though we love sports and we don't really like to talk about it as a business, it's a business, and you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And that's what I always say. When, with, when I'm not gonna, we'll talk about it a little later, but with the whole loyalty thing, it's still a business, bro. Like you're still going, you still have to do what's best for you. So I think that this deal is definitely what's best for Aaron Rodgers. You don't really lose any money in the present. You're still playing for a team, and of course, I'm. Barring some foreseen injury, which I definitely hope nobody gets, he's be prime and still, still, I mean, at, at top shape to be somewhere else next year. So, shouts out to that man, and, and, and I'm definitely excited to see. Again, of course, moving forward, we'll talk a lot more about the NFL, but um, shouts out to that.
Moving forward, man, the biggest news, the real one of the biggest news that happened. Now, I talked about it last episode, uh, which was Oklahoma and Texas uh, leaving the Big 12. What I didn't do is I didn't really elaborate why this is so huge for college ba- college sports. This isn't just big for um, Oklahoma and Texas. This is big for college sports in general. Let's focus solely on Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma and Texas to yesterday uh, filed a request to go to the SEC. Now, what does that mean for them? That means that you'll be in a conference. If they if they get approved, you'll be in a conference with Alabama, be in a conference with Auburn, with Georgia, with Mississippi State, with Texas A&M. Like you'll be in that conference. Now, it makes sense in a sense of I mean, that's using that's a, so they're they're southern you know southern states, Texas and Oklahoma. Um, you're already close to Alabama. You're already close to Georgia, so it makes sense. Um, and of course, Oklahoma and Texas are big schools, big powerhouse schools. And you pair. The, not only is this going to do wonders as far as recruiting. Because Texas and Oklahoma has actually really been down in recruiting the last few years, losing to a Clemson, losing to a, a Georgia, a, a Alabama. Like they've been losing to those type of schools because of the lack of winning that they've that these schools have accumulated. Now I know that you're looking. I think Oklahoma has won the last eleven straight Big Ten, Big Twelve uh, championships in football, and of course Texas won three after the you know, but. We're talking about the big dance. We're talking about making it to, you know, national championships and stuff. They haven't been able to do that. And this, you know, moving to the SEC will help with recruiting. Well, and of course, it'll be a lot of money, a lot of money that will be generated to the school. Now, will they compete for a cha- uh, for more titles? I don't believe so. I don't think that they're on the same level as a, as a Georgia right now. I don't think they're on the, I know they're not on the same level as Alabama. They're not really on the same level, in my opinion, as Auburn. So you're going to be pretty much fighting the Texas A&M's, uh, Mississippi State's. Like you're going to be fighting Kentucky's. Like you're going to be fighting in that pool. Um, so the win, of course, is you get more recruiting. You get more money. You get more exposure. Cause, and, of course, you know, TV revenue deals. The SEC, net, SEC Network makes more money than the Big 12 Network. I mean, that's just, that's just true. Um, now, of course, the downside is you're pretty much – I'm not going to say you never will, but it's going to be tough for – I can't see Texas making it to a – now – Things could change, of course, because they're talking about a twelve-team, uh, a twelve-team playoffs. But I still don't see. Think like, imagine there's a twelve-team playoff. I don't see Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Ohio's. I mean, oh, um, Oklahoma, and I don't see five out of the twelve teams being in the SEC. I just don't see that. Um, so, because they're going to be beating up on each other, so some records will not be the same. So. You know, it's tough. It's I guess that's the win-lose for Texas and Oklahoma. Let's talk about the Big 12. This is a lose-lose for the Big 12. First and foremost, these are the two 
Oklahoma and Texas are the two biggest teams in the Big 12. Now, yes, the Big 12 has Baylor, and they just won in basketball, but the Big 12 makes most of its money from football. It's not like the ACC. The ACC makes most of its money from basketball because basketball is so big. You have uh, North Carolina. You have Duke. You have Florida State, which also makes money football. You have, um, I don't know, Clemson. That, that, that makes more money in football, of course, but ACC makes most of its money in basketball. The Big 12 makes most of its money in football. You have Oklahoma, you have Texas, you have Baylor, you have TCU, you have West Virginia, you have um what Texas Tech. Like they those those teams make their money mostly from football. And the fact that your two biggest, like your two largest programs, which is Texas and Oklahoma, are now leaving, that is that's that is huge. Not only is that huge for them, it's huge for the surrounding schools. So now you have to reason like can 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 the Big Twelve survive without um without Oklahoma and Texas? Yes. But you can't consider that, in my opinion. You the Big Twelve won't be considered a power conference anymore. It shouldn't be considered a power conference anymore because, hell, Oklahoma won their last, I believe, 11 Big 12 championships. And then after that, uh, what's his name? Texas won like three. Like, you can't, you cannot, <laughs> you can't have, call yourself a powerhouse when one team lose, wins the, the 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 conference championship year after year after year. Now you can say, what about Alabama? Yeah, but you see Auburn wins it from time. Georgia wins it sometimes. Um, it's ACC. Uh, you know, Clemson. I mean, again, Clemson wins it mostly. But I, I know we remember Florida State won it a couple years with Jameis Winston. Uh, it, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. Again, you won't be able to me. You can't really consider. You can't. You won't be able to consider the Big Twelve a power conference anymore because your biggest two legs have left. That's that's kind of like. It's like, let's let's look at another conference. Let's look at the Pac-12. The Pac-12 was pretty much on its last leg because they're down all over. They're down in recruiting. They're down in attendance. They're down in viewership. They're down in, 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 I mean, when's the last time outside of maybe Washington, when's the last time a team even sniffed the national championship? So it's, you know, and their best teams right now, which is what Oregon, uh, Washington, I guess Trojans and, I don't know what Arizona State with with uh no I that I don't it's it's tough you know but let's look at the Pac-12 if Oregon and let's say Oregon and 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 USC Oregon and USC say you know we out we're out the Pac-12 well the Pac-12 still has Washington it still has Stanford it still has what uh. Uh, UCLA, your two biggest programs right now are gone, and that will cripple the the that will cripple the conference. Hell, a lot of people when you think of Pac-12, at least this point now we know the history that UCLA has. 
and of course with basketball and everything. But if Oregon leaves, that's like that's a wrap. Now, what does this mean for the Big Twelve? It it really means I think we're going to this it's it's bigger than the Big Twelve. Let's say that. We we just talked about the the, the Big Twelve. It's bigger than the Big Twelve. Let's look at the remaining teams in the Big Twelve. West Virginia has been trying to get to the ACC for the longest. They that might happen. Um, you're gonna. I think you're gonna see a lot of re rezoning, and with a lot of rezoning, you're gonna. You know, I'm not saying it's gonna be over this, but this could be the end for the Pac-12. I mean, I'm sorry for the for the Big Twelve because when your two biggest proponents leave. And now, of course, when all these other school contracts come up, why would they, why do they have the desire to stay when nobody really is going to watch the nobody's nobody really wants to see TCU and Texas Tech play or TCU and Baylor play football? Now, yeah, don't get me wrong. Shouts out to them organizations, but it's not Oklahoma, it's not Texas, which means I think that we're going to see a lot of rezoning. We're going to see. I think we're gonna we're gonna get a. a Super conferences, ACC is going to become a super conference because I think they're going to get, you know, West Virginia. They could, uh, the uh, Big Ten can fuck, me- oh, I'm sorry, can mess around and get, uh, the Big 12 can mess around and get Baylor. Like, it, it's tough, man. I just don't, I don't know what we're going to, this is, this, you know, college and college sports in general is changing. You know, of course, we know about the, you know, the, the, NILs, uh, players getting endorsement deals, of course, coaches, legendary coaches, Coach K, Roy Williams, they're leaving. And of course, football's changing, man. And I think it's too early to tell what's going to happen, but you're starting to see the writing. You've seen when when your conference is pretty much um, dependent on two people, like two schools, because like a lot of people don't outside of like the fan bases of the schools, a lot of people don't know. You can name, you can go down the list and name a whole bunch of teams from the ACC. You can name a whole bunch of teams from the Big Ten. You can name a whole bunch of teams from the from the from the Pac-12. You can name a whole bunch of teams from uh, SEC. It's really hard to name a bunch of teams from outside of the fan bases. It's really hard to name a whole bunch of teams from the Big Twelve outside of. Oklahoma and Texas. Now, again, I think that this is now you're going to see maybe Texas Tech uh, tries to tries to go to, I don't know, the Big Ten. Maybe West Virginia, like I said, tries to get to the ACC. Maybe uh, TCU tries to get to the SEC because they're in Texas. And I don't know, man, but I, I just think that you're, you're really seeing the writing on the wall. And you, I think you're seeing the end of the bet the big 12 because it's like do i do i think it's smart competitively to for oklahoma and texas to go to sec no i mean that's the same thing i said when uh you know when when maryland when, when maryland left the acc and went to what the big 10 it's like uh okay okay <laughs> Competitive wise, I don't think it's best for them, but of course, money wise and recruiting wise, of course. And this just to me, it, the 
I think the Big 12 it's not officially done right now unless they like mess around. Like the Big 12 can now probably make a bi- a bigger run at trying to get Notre Dame. I don't know. But or maybe you see Boise or or something. I don't know, but it's but again, Notre Dame and Boise State is most definitely not Oklahoma and Texas. Don't don't get that. Even though Notre Dame has been more successful than both of them, but uh, don't get it confused. Texas, Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve is is monumental, seismic to say the least. And we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. But I just I don't I don't see I don't see a way that the Big 12 is able to survive without those two Um, because you're going to and you're starting to you're going to start to see a lot of rezoning a lot of schools backing out of uh, conferences a lot of and a lot of schools well like I said that the West Virginia has been trying to get to the ACC for God knows how long and now to me this is the perfect avenue for that Um, TCU has been (laughs) Baylor has been trying to get out of the Big 12 for God knows how long. I think they've been trying to get to the Big 10 or the ACC. Um, and 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 now this opens the door. So we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Moving forward. So the NF- NBA draft is tomorrow. And uh, there's a lot of big names. A lot now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do my a mock draft of the the lottery picks, the first ten picks. I'm not going to do. Now I'm not gonna. I'm I'm also not going to. Let me say this. I'm not going to do trades because I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say, oh well, at the fifth pick they're going to trade. I'm not. I don't know because the draft is unpredictable until you get there, or unless a, a team leaks something. It's pretty much unpredictable. I'm also not going to do all thirty. All 30 teams. I just don't feel like doing that. <laughs> um, but there are some really big names and some. This is a deep draft as far as, you know, you can get people in the 15, 16, and while they won't be, um, I don't think franchise changers, I think that they will be big for their teams. Um, so what I'm going to do is, like I said, I'm going to do a mock draft of the first 10. And let's start with Detroit. Detroit's pretty easy to me. Now, we heard, I don't know if you remember, but remember before the NFL draft, you heard a lot of teams say, oh, well. No, you heard reports saying, oh, well, I don't know if the Jaguars are that sold on uh, Trevor Lawrence. They may go with Zach Wilson. Like, bro, nobody in their mama should ever believe no story like that. Just like no one in their mama should not believe should believe that Detroit Pistons are not going with Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is the best player in this draft by a wide margin. And unless you trade the number one pick, which I don't see them doing, they're going to hell, they they're gonna take Cade Cunningham at number one. Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State, was incredible, even though they didn't win the national championship, of course. He was the best player in college college basketball. Uh, it really wasn't close. He has the most upside, in my opinion, of all the players in this draft. Uh, he's he he can he's he's a to me a shorter uh, a shorter Ben Simmons, but he can play the one through probably the four, depending on how you how you how you draw it up. Uh, 
Cade Cunningham is the best player in this draft, and Detroit would be stupid not to take him number one. So I have him going number one. Houston at number two, that's a different story. Now, there's a player that I think is is the best at number two, and that's probably Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is a big that is he's lanky. He can put the ball on the ground. He can score. He he's an incredible, incredible player. The problem is Houston doesn't really like bigs, and, and we've I mean Houston's philosophy is run and gun, three and D. And while Evan Mobley will be good at rim protecting, and he can shoot the three from time to time, he's not the most reliable three point shooter, and he's not really a, a run and gun type player. Which is why I think that Houston's going to go with Jalen Green, who is in the G League right now for what Ignition Ignite. Like he, a lot of people before choosing the G League, he was projected as a number, what, two or three player in the country. Um, and Jalen Green has is inc- has incredible bounce, He and, and he's, an, he's an incredible scorer, too. Like, he would be good for Houston. Now, we don't know what's going to go on. We, I mean, we know John Wall more than likely is probably out of there. So I guess they're going to try to build a team around Jalen Green, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, and probably Christian Wood. But and, and Christian Wood pretty much plays as their center, even though he's not really a center. So we'll see how it goes. But I think that because of Houston's style and how they play, they're going to pick Jalen Green at number two. Number three, for some reason, at, at Cleveland, for some reason, loves bigs. I mean, they had Kevin Love. They had Andre Drummond. They have now Jared Allen. They're going to – I think they're going to pick – at this point, if they don't trade it, they're going to pick the best player available. And in my opinion, the best player available – not to mention, you still have Colin Sexton and you still have Darius Garland. So I don't think they're going to go with the guard position. Now, of course, we've heard reports that more than likely they're going to try to trade uh, Colin Sexton. If that happens, who knows? But I think they're going to go with the biggest bit best player at number three and to me that's Evan Mobley still available again Evan Mobley is a is a rim protector he is a he's a person that can put the ball on the ground he's not really like a KD type because he, he, I don't think his offense is that developed but he's a let me see to me he can be like a not the personality but he can be like a, a better Kevin Garnett as far as you know he can put the ball on. He can still score. He's just not like a Kevin. He not bing 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 you to death. So, um, I have, I have Cleveland going with Evan Mobley, and Evan Mobley with uh, Evan Mobley more than likely can play the the four, and you have Jared Allen play the five. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. Toronto, I have Toronto going with Jalen Suggs, and I have Toronto going with Jalen Suggs because we saw what Jalen Suggs did in Gonzaga. Not to mention, I don't know if. Kyle Lowry is going to be there next year. And with that, Jalen Suggs can play a little bit of the – he doesn't really have to play the one because you're going to have Fred Van Vliet and whatever you get for uh, Kyle Lowry. But outside of Kyle – I mean, they don't really have much offense outside of what Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, uh, Pascal Siakam. And while you have a good player in like uh, OG Adenobi playing defense – uh, you want a player that can put the ball on the ground and go get you a bucket, and that's what Jalen Suggs is. So I have Jalen Suggs going to Toronto. Orlando, <laughs> Orlando, there's so many directions Orlando needs to go in. Uh, 
I mean, you have Mo Bamba, you have Jonathan Isaac. Are they? Are, is one of them going to get traded? We don't know. Wait, do they, do they trade Isaac? I think they might have traded Jonathan Isaac. But you do have Mo Bamba, so I I don't you know you, you give up Aaron Evan Fournier, you give up uh what's his name, you give up Aaron Gordon. I don't they there's a lot of directions they need to go in. Um, so I think they're just going to get the best player available. And to me, that's Scotty Barnes, um, that played for Florida state. I mean, he, he has a long, he's a long, long player. He, he has an incredible wingspan. He needs to refine his offense, offensive game a little bit, but he's a raw talent and he's incredible at defense. I, I don't know the direction Orlando needs to go in. So that's why I said, I think they're just going to pick the best player available. So I have Scotty Barnes going to Orlando. Oklahoma City, I I think they're going to focus because they did just get um, Valanchunas in the trade with Memphis. I think that they're going to focus on a guard because I don't know if Shea Gilders-Alexander is going to be there because they've been trying to shop him. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. So I think they're going to go with uh, James Bunight because, uh, I mean, he's – I'm not saying he's the best guard, but he's – you don't know what Lou Dort's – and he's more of a defense, but they don't really have a offensive-minded guard outside of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I think that James uh, Bunite would, would, would pretty much solve that. So not to mention Oklahoma City isn't really close to um, – isn't really close to winning anything. So I think they're just going to get the best – well, one of the best players at the position. So uh, that's who I have going to OKC. Um, Golden State at number seven. Again, this this trade, this pick may be traded. I don't know. A lot of these picks may be traded. I, I, I'm not I don't I can't really foresee that right now. So I'm just going to go with what I think. And what we saw with Golden State is when Seth Curry went to the bench, now, of course, we understand that Klay Thompson was injured. But when Steph Curry went to the bench, Golden State's offense plummeted. Even though you had Jordan Poole, even though you had uh, Andrew Wiggins, even though you had Kelly Oubre, but he was in and out the lineup due to injury, um, the offense plummeted. And you want a player. To me, you want a guard that can – I mean, you don't need a big because you have James Wiseman. Uh, you really don't need a forward because we're going to see what happens with Andrew Wiggins. And, 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 well, Andrew Wiggins is pretty much there for another year or two. But we don't know what's going to happen with Kelly Uber. So you want a guard that can not only stem the tide, but, you you know, a guard that can at least score. Because Jordan Poole's not, not reliable, even though he's, he's an okay player. He's not really reliable. Damian Lee is not reliable. Uh, Kent Bazemore is not reliable. So... Like I said, you want you're gonna want a, a a scoring guard. So in my opinion, I think if Golden State does use the seventh pick, they're gonna pick Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. Davion Mitchell to me is probably the best guard available. Uh, he can score with. I mean, we saw what they did in the national championship. Him and and, and Butler. Uh, I I just think I think that they're not only can he score, but he's in, he's a good defender. So. And that's, as we know, 
Golden State guards outside of Klay Thompson. That's what they struggle with. Not to mention, you don't know what you're going to get out of Klay Thompson coming back. I hope that Klay Thompson comes back better than ever, but he's coming off of two straight injuries. So two back-to-back injuries, major injuries. So you don't really know what you're going to get from Klay Thompson. So that's why I think they're going to go with Davion Mitchell. The Orlando again at number eight via trade. I think they're going to go with uh, Jonathan Kuminga. Again, it's no offense to these players, but Orlando, there's a lot of directions they 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 can go in. Like, uh, what what are they going to do with Markel Fultz? Just, should they get a guard? They, uh, there's just a lot that, that they need to figure out. So I think that at that point you're going to get, like I said, the next best player, which is Jonathan Kaminga, in my opinion, who plays for the G League at this point. The Kings is another team that uh, the Kings at number nine is another team that has a lot of directions. I mean, what are you going to do with Buddy Hill? A lot of people are saying he's probably going to get traded uh, or leave. What, what is 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 De'Aaron Fox still in in the team's future? What are you going to do? With, I mean, Marvin Bagley hasn't really worked out due to injury. Like, there's a lot of things that the Kings have to do with. So. I think you're going to get the best player at, at this position, in my opinion, and that's uh, Franz Wagner, who played for Michigan. Uh, he's a he's a he's a he's a what six 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 seven, can shoot the ball. He, he's a good defender. Like I, again, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what what the Kings do because there's a lot of directions they need to go in. You know, it's funny. I always think back. Remember when uh, what was it Jalen Rose was doing the draft, and I don't remember the team, but it was like teams needs. <laughs> it just said everything. Like they they need a lot of things. So I think the Kings are gonna get Mo Wagner. And at number ten, you have New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they just made a trade with I believe Memphis, and um, the Pelicans to me, you you need complimentary pieces that can surround uh that can surround uh, Zion. And we're hearing, you know, uh, Lonzo Ball is linked to a lot of trades. Uh, they they did just give up um, Eric Bledsoe, but Eric Bledsoe has been garbage for the last few years. So I think, they're, to me, they're going to get the best player, but not the best player at Zion's position. I think that's Josh uh, Giddy. Gid, Giddy, yeah, Giddy. Uh, he is a six 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 seven point guard, pretty much. Um, and he, while he is foreign, he's he's able to distribute the ball. He's not the greatest scorer, but he he can give Zion the ball. And if you're if you're thinking about trading away, um, Lonzo Ball and pretty much starting over out or start solely building around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram then you're going to need a guard. So I, I got Josh Giddy. Now, those are my 10. Those are, I don't, again, if you, if you agree, let me know. If you disagree, let me know. I, you know, it's, it's something to talk about. Now, and, and who do you think is going to be the steal of the draft? I, I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, man, it's a deep draft, but it's a lot of players that play the same position and a lot of players that kind of do the same thing. And I don't know, you know, where they're going. So, who is your favorite team? Who do you think they're going to get? I don't know. I think my, well, I don't know what the Wizards are going to do. We'll talk about it in a second. But, you know, that's my mock draft for the top ten. Let me know what you think. Moving forward, 
and especially talking about the Wizards. So Bradley Bill, reports have come out now. It could be true. He hasn't said anything. It could be false. I don't know. But Bradley Bill, reports have come out saying Bradley Bill is pretty much mulling and and thinking about his future and if he wants to remain with the Wizards. Uh, and if not, should he request a trade? Now, I'm a Wizards fan. Yes. That is, uh, that's, I mean, I'm from the DMV area, so born and raised, so I, I'm a Wizards fan. But I am all for players making decisions that's best for their careers, that's best for them. I, I mean, I'm, we just talked about that with, you know, the mental health and Simone Biles. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. I've, I always say he should do the best thing. I think Bradley Bill should do the best thing for him. If he wants us to remain with the Wizards, let him remain with the Wizards. If he doesn't want to remain with the Wizards, request a trade. I think I don't. Let me say this: I do not think the Wizards give him the best opportunity to win. I can tell you that they I, they haven't shown a propensity to be able to build a team around him to win. Now, yes, I understand that you did just get uh, Russell Westbrook and you guys snuck into the playoffs. And got pretty much smacked, uh, what, 4-1 to the the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs first round. But um, I'll say this. I think the reason why, I mean, I think watching Giannis definitely, definitely helps the Wizards. I think watching Giannis win a championship for the, the 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 organization that drafted him and the organization that just a couple years ago was the worst organization in the league with Giannis and Chris Middleton. I think that helps the Wizards because it's like, oh, I can grow with them. And Bradley Bell doesn't really seem like the person that wants to go hopping around different teams and stuff. However, if I'm Bradley Bill, it's like, yo, you they this team hasn't shown the ability to win and build correctly around me. Now, I understand you have Russell Westbrook now, but hell, talks have been, Russell Westbrook might be traded uh, this offseason, so I don't know. Now, if 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 Bradley Bill does request a trade, where are some where are some great destinations for me that I think, first of all, who is Bradley Bill as far as a player? Bradley Bill is a incredible scorer. Bradley Bill is not an incredible defender, but Bradley Bill is an incredible scorer. To me, he can be a number one. He can be an, a great, great number two, and he can probably be the, the the league's best number three. Like, Bradley Bill would be tough. And Bradley Bill is an incredible scorer, and uh, he can adapt to any system, in my opinion. Now, which teams, any team, honestly, would benefit with Bradley Bill, but which teams will benefit the most? And when I say benefit the most, which teams, if they get Bradley Bill, go from just a regular, you know, uh, maybe a playoff team or a championship hopeful team to a championship contender? To me, you have to look at Boston. Uh, Boston, now, they'll probably have to give up like a Jalen Brown or something. Uh, but Bradley Bill, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart – now, we'll have to see what happens with the point guard position, seeing as though they just gave up uh, Kimball Walker. But that, to me, Bradley Bill would, would, would be huge for Boston. Of course, 
I mean, at this point, anybody will be huge for the Lakers. But you have, I think that will definitely solve a lot of Lakers problems because Lakers, even with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they struggle with scoring. And that's Bradley Bill's specialties. Um, I think he'll do okay. I I don't know if he'll be a good fit, but I think he'll be good for uh, Golden State only because of Klay Thompson's height. Klay Thompson's 6'7", meaning Klay Thompson can play the three. Uh, now, I don't know. That's a different body type, body size. And we know Klay Thompson is great at, um, great at, at defending. But, again, he, he's – that's a different body type. You go from guarding, you know, uh, James Harden's and, and, and uh, Kyrie's to guarding LeBron's and, and uh, KD and Giannis. Like, that's, that's just different. Um, now, I will say that we just talked about it with the mock draft thing. The, the Warriors struggle with scoring with Clay, I mean, no, with um, Steph Curry on the bench. Now, that will definitely get rectified if you bring Bradley Bill onto the team. And another, a, a team to me that will fit perfectly with Bradley Bill is the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat need a score. Like, they need a score with Bam, with uh, Jimmy Butler. Their best score right now is, what, Tyler Euro and Duncan Robinson, who aren't really scorers. They're just shooters. Yeah, no, Bradley Bill would be perfect for them. And I think Bradley, I think if Bradley Bill went to the, the Miami Heat, that that they would be prime to, to, to at least make a deep playoff run, um, something that Bradley Bill has not seen. So... Again, I'm not saying Bradley Bill should leave. I'm not saying he should stay. What I'm saying is, and I say this all the time, a player should do what's best for them. And if what's best for Bradley Bill is leaving, hey, do what's best for you. If best, if if he wants to stay, if he wants to be comfortable and stay in Washington, do what's best for you, my guy. Um, like I said, Giannis. There was so many people talking about Giannis should leave, and you see what happened to Giannis. Now, I will say that the Bucks are a better run organization than the Wizards. Uh, that's that's not even debatable. But hey, man, I think you should do. Um, I think you should always do what's best for you, in my opinion. So, uh, where if if he if he gets if he requests a trade, do what's best for you, Brad. And moving forward, and lastly, so. A bit of a shocker. Deshaun Watson reports to camp. Now, <laughs> Deshaun Watson reporting to camp does not mean Deshaun Watson is going to participate in camp. He's just showing up to camp. Now, that means he doesn't get fined. I think they were trying to find him like 140000 a day or something like that. Or 14000 a day or something like that. Like, even to a millionaire, like multi-millionaire, that's an incredible amount of money. Like, um, I think he was upwards of losing like thirty-five million or something if he didn't report. Period to to the season. Period. Now the news isn't that D- Deshaun Watson uh requ- like shows up to camp. The news is that the Texans are now open to trading Deshaun Watson. Now, why is this news? Because all we've heard this entire offseason is 
the Texans are not even answering the phone. They're not even t- uh, listening to offers for Deshaun Watson, even though everybody and their mama knew Deshaun Watson not only did not want to be in Houston, he made it clear he didn't want to be in Houston. You get a new court, you and you knew he wasn't going to be in Houston. You bring on Tyrod Taylor, you draft a quarterback. He didn't want to be in Houston. He said he's not going to be in Houston. But even in that, you still weren't listening to trades. You still weren't listening to calls. You still weren't 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 wasn't shopping him. And now you're shopping him. Why is this news? Because this just shows the ineptitude and the 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 lack of the lack of foresight on the Texans' part. And why did I say that? Apparently, the Texans knew all this sexual allegation stuff and the therapy therapist stuff or physical like massage stuff. They knew about this before the media knew about this with Deshaun Watson. Now, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's false. Well, I'm 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 gonna wait till you know whatever happens happens out of that. I'm not gonna say he did it. I'm not gonna say he didn't. All I'm gonna say is they knew about this. They also knew that Deshaun Watson didn't want to be on in the organization anymore. So why? So it doesn't make sense to me that now you're so open to trading Deshaun Watson. But if you would have traded him, if you would have shopped him around maybe before the draft, maybe when he first said it, his stock would have been at an all-time high. Deshaun Watson's stock was at an all-time high. Now, now Deshaun Watson's still a great quarterback. He's still a really good player. He's still, to me, a top-five quarterback. The problem, well, maybe top, maybe top Eight, seven to eight, but still a top quarterback in the league. The problem is the Texans are going to get nothing for him. Now, let me say this. You will get stuff for him because you still have a whole bunch of years in this contract. He just doesn't want to be there. But you would have gotten a lot more if you would have if you would have shopped him before this whole allegation thing. You go from 10 to 15 teams wanting him. So I think the new report is I think three teams are interested. And why, if I own them three teams, why would I give up the barn for Deshaun Watson if, I don't know, I think he has like maybe three years, four years left in his deal. I, yeah, that's, that's still a long time. But why would I give the farm when I know he doesn't want to be there? Like, what's the, like, what, what am I, like, come on, bro. I don't, I don't care. Uh, it's just the Texans just don't. Uh, the Texans are, are poorly run. And I feel bad for David Culley, man, the new black coach. It's just not, it's, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it doesn't make sense, man. Do I think Deshaun Watson's going to play this year? Yeah. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Because even with Deshaun Watson coming back, he still made it abundantly clear. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this organization. My recruit, my trade request is still live and popping. So I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, mm, mm, mm. You know, it goes back. There are teams. There are times when teams hold on to players longer than they should. 
And once that happens, like they're tra- like when when the Vikings held on to Stefan Diggs a lot longer than they should have. Stefan Diggs was crying out saying, I need to get out of here. And y'all still and don't get me wrong, Stefan Diggs is a great player, but it's like he said he wants to leave. Once he said that, let him like in fact, before he comes out and says, yo, I'm out, like, trade him so you get more for, like, you got to be smart, bro. Got to be smart. Hell, the Bengals, the Bengals and A.J. Green, like, they they let that last for the, for the, like, they let that last till the club lights came on and said, yo, y'all got to go. At that point, what's, what's going to happen after that? You You get nothing for A.J. Green. And then, of course, you let the injuries pile up, unfortunately. Again, I don't, I know, I don't think, I think Deshaun Watson will play this year. I don't think it's going to be for the Texans. But I don't know what the Texans are going to get. The draft is already over. It's kind of hard. Now, I understand this right now is the next and only at this, well, next best time to trade him because I don't, I don't see him playing. Um, I don't see him playing for a Texans uniform, so you're not going to be able to see how he is. And so the trade deadline is pretty much mute for you. Um, so this is the best time when training camp starts. So teams are going to be more aggressive right now because the last thing you want to do is have training camp official, like training camp be deep into training camp, and then you bring on a new quarterback. That's that's what happened with uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton was already behind the eight ball because the Panthers did a piss poor job in trading him, and you trade him at the end of training camp to the to the uh, to the Patriots or trade him. He goes to the Patriots. Like that's it. It was a that's why teams, especially at the quarterback, it's different if it's a running back. It's different if it's a wide receiver. If it's a lineman, it's different. But a quarterback, the last thing you want to do is bring on a franchise, a, a new franchise quarterback in the middle or t- the end of training camp. Because it's like you don't have time to learn the playbook like that. You don't have time to get familiar with your teammates, to get familiar with the fo- with the formations, with the calls. Like, it's it's tough. And, and, and a, at, at any position, especially the, the quarterback position. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Hell, and not to mention, of course, the whole sexual allegation cloud. I don't know what's, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Deshaun Watson. What I do know is that the Texans did a piss-poor job at this whole trade thing, and he's still on the team, so they haven't even completed it yet. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know. And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, uh, sweaters, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. There's multiple colors, man. Multiple colors, multiple designs. So anything that tickles your fancy, go get that, man. And and I probably have it in your favorite color, too. So go get that. The link is in the description below. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so anything would help. I appreciate you guys. Uh, And until next time, much love.
120, come catch me. 40s inside of my belly. Shouldn't be driving, I'm fighting. Yeah. yeah. Rock that Nirvana on my favorite. Damn, I forgot what her name is. She in the front, see her banging. Yeah. 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 Money counter sounds on like a chopper, chopper. Speaker system bumping, fuck your fucking blocker. Do some mocking, now it's called some belly mockers. Kill a drop, I caught from locker. If you buy that echo, why you lying, bro? Bought the bar. 